As you look back over the years, can you see steady growth in the Lord, or have things plateaued? Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. You can grow in Jesus Christ as much as you want to grow and as fast as you want to grow. It's really up to you. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to count the cost? Are you willing to do what's needed to set your life toward the things of God? Like tonight is a great example. Here you are midweek. There are a lot of alternatives that you could do on Wednesday night. I'm not sure what the television shows are, but there's certainly television shows. There's probably work you got to catch up on. Some of you are in school. You got to do homework. Tonight you made a commitment just to sit under the teaching of the Word and worship the Lord. You will be rewarded for that, friend. God will use that in your life. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set free. How do we make decisions on issues that the Scripture doesn't specifically address? Well, today on Abounding Grace, we'll be considering that very thing. Though the Scripture doesn't address every specific issue, it does provide us with what we need for life and godliness. We are given principles and guidelines that we can apply in our decision-making, and some of these are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. In first century Corinth, some were troubled by the eating of meats sacrificed to idols. Though we don't face that specific issue today, there is a principle given here that's extremely helpful. Let's join our teacher, Pastor Ed Taylor. First Corinthians is a letter that Paul writes to correct a lot of things in the church in Corinth. Even though sometimes people are like, I, I wish I could go back to the early church, I always have to ask, well, what part of the early church do you want to go back to? Uh, there really never was a perfect season in the church, just like there's never going to be a perfect season in any church of any era of any time. There were problems in the early church. There are problems in our church. There are problems in the church down the street. And the essence of every problem in the church is you and me. We're people. And although our hearts desire to follow after the things of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit, we wrestle with the flesh. We make bad decisions. Here in chapter 8, part of the problem that we learn in the church in Corinth was that there was a series of questions in their lives that had gone unanswered. Now, while Paul was there teaching them and discipling them and establishing the church, he laid out as much as he could in the time that was allotted to him. He was faithful. And he shared intensely with them bringing them up and releasing them into being a church in Corinth. It was a miracle that a church started in that city. Just like any time a church starts, a miracle that God would invade a city and God would draw people to himself, that he would see, that God would use us to see people get saved. They were walking in darkness and now they're walking in the light. It's a, it's a powerful miracle that we just sort of take for granted because God does it so much. That is, you and I know very well as much teaching that we can receive, we still have a problem with our memories. And our memories can quickly forget what we're taught. And we can't possibly, some of you have a 
better memory than others, but we can't possibly keep all of the information that has been taken in at the edge of our minds. It's impossible. It's just, wow. We learn so much, but we forget so much. We learn so much, but we misunderstand. And I know that takes place all the time. As I'm praying over a message and I'm praying over carefully how I want to address something, how I want to share in a particular sentence, what words I might use, even as careful as I am, it still can be misunderstood. And for sure I'll be misunderstood at times when I veer off my notes and I just go off in another direction and you're like, what was he saying? I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit just had it for one person here and all the rest of her go, what was he saying? When one person goes, I know exactly what he was saying. That's from the Lord directly to me. So we misunderstand, we forget, we wonder, and all of this opens, our, opens up to us. It opens us up to misunderstandings and opens us up to coming to the wrong conclusions as it relates to the things of the Lord. And what really catches my attention here by the time we get to chapter 8 is that while the church made all sorts of serious mistakes, sinful mistakes, on the one hand, on the other hand, they were doing the right thing in asking these questions. You know, sometimes you stumble into something, you make a bad decision, and your conclusion of yourself is like you're a total failure. And you start to beat yourself up, and you might even say something like, I never do anything right. Can I just let you off the hook that that's not true? It's not true that you never do anything right. I'm sure if we dug enough, we'd find at least one thing that you've done right. It's not that you never do anything right, but the enemy's always there knocking there to condemn you. And, and sure, you blew it. And sure, you're going through a tough time. Like the church here, you can't say that the church in Corinth never did anything right. I mean, some of the people in the church in Corinth came and told Paul the issues. Some of the people in the church in Corinth were asking the right questions. Some of the people in the church in Corinth were listening to the letter being, I mean, it's not completely a failure. You ever get into that place where you just, I'm a complete failure. I mean, really, apart from the Lord, we're all not going to make it. But in the Lord, you're not a complete failure at all. You have episodes and you have issues. And the church in Corinth had episodes and issues, but they're asking the right questions. And that's what Paul's doing in this section. He's asking or he's answering the questions that are on the minds of the believers. He's discipling them. So much of the discipleship in your life, you know, the word disciple means a learner. And you go from being a follower in Jesus Christ to becoming a learner in Jesus Christ. And so much of discipleship, when you hear that phrase, is getting your biblical questions answered. That's discipleship. There is this attempt by many to pigeonhole and say, this is what discipleship is. You sit down for 12 weeks and you sit in a class for three hours and you answer all of these questions. And unless you have done that, you haven't been discipled. Not so. For some people, a class three hours a week is a really good thing. And they, they really connect with that. And that's going to be a real good way for them to be discipled. But not for everyone. Be careful not to think of discipleship in just one way. Like taking a class or someone coming alongside of you and every day teaching you every little thing about the faith. And just taking you under their wing and almost smothering you with question, answer after answer after answer and trying to find that discipleship is just one thing. As a matter of fact, you're being discipled right now through the teaching of the word from the pulpit here. 
Every time you gather together here, if you're here at least twice a week, then a hundred times a year, you're being discipled as the Word of God is being taught to you and the Holy Spirit is applying it in your life and you're learning the Word of God verse by verse, chapter by chapter. There's discipleship happening right now. Did you also know that while the Word of God is being taught that there's counseling going on right now? You're being counseled in the Word. Inevitably, next week, there will be a call. Someone will reach a crisis and in their crisis, it will be exactly what I just taught in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. One of the questions as they're describing their situation is, hey, were you at the Bible study last Wednesday night? No, you know, such and such and so and so. And I was over. Really? Because before we ever sit down, I want you to download the MP3 or get the CD. And I want you to listen to the study on Wednesday night because we spent 45 minutes answering the question and the struggle that you're having right now. And so much of discipleship is you just showing up and presenting yourself to the Lord to learn and to receive through the teaching of the Word. You're being discipled when you obey the Word of God. When you hear something tonight and you put it into practice, you are being discipled by the Holy Spirit. You're growing. Whereas last week you weren't going to make that decision, now after you learn the Bible study, you're going to make that decision. You're being discipled. You're learning how to follow Jesus in your life. You're being discipled when you repent from your sins. When God busts you on something, you go, oh God, I'm so sorry. That's discipleship. Because before you didn't really feel the weight of conviction. Now you do. Why? Because God's growing you up. You're learning. You're being discipled if you have the privilege of here in Denver from four to six tuning into the Gino Geraci show and you're just listening to questions asked and answered for two hours. That's really intense discipleship. From Calvary Chapel in Southern California, they have a similar show. It's called Pastor's Perspective, and they do the same thing for an hour a day. And it is such a powerful time of discipleship. A lot of times you listen to the questions, you go, that was what I, I wondered about that. I never did write the number down, but now I'm going to listen carefully because that question's been on my mind. You're being discipled. The Holy Spirit taking the Word of God and using it in your life. You're becoming learners, and so am I of Jesus Christ. You know, that show that's on the radio, it's, it's so powerful to be able to talk to people personally and answer their questions and open the Bible with them and pray with them. And many, many years ago, I was listening to that show on the way home from somewhere, and I was thinking, wow, it would be really, really important for me as a pastor to take some of these questions and answer them in a Bible study. I mean, part of me was like, man, I hope nobody from Calvary Aurora has to call that show. Because I hope in my mind and in my life, I'm going to teach the Bible in such a way where you're getting your questions answered. Of course, you know, you might be a new believer or you might have missed that Bible study. So I'm not saying not to call, but on my heart was like, hey, I really want to equip our church so that they know these questions. And, and so they know the answers to the questions. And so downstairs in the bookstore, and I think there's a section online too, we started a series of Bible studies entitled, What Is? And I just took one of the questions and said, what is? Or then we changed it a little bit. You know, we, we asked the question last week, and what about those that have never heard? Or is baptism important? Or those types of questions. And then we just walked through the scriptures to answer them so that you can not only get the answers, but you can be discipled in learning that the Bible can answer your questions. And here's the thing about discipleship as we look at Paul answering these questions. He's discipling the church. Something you can take home, you can... Let's sink down in the back of your mind and in the depth of your heart. 
You can grow in Jesus Christ as much as you want to grow and as fast as you want to grow. It's really up to you. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to count the cost? Are you willing to do what's needed to set your life toward the things of God? Like tonight is a great example. Here you are midweek. There are a lot of alternatives that you could do on Wednesday night. I'm not sure what the television shows are, but there's certainly television shows. There's probably work you got to catch up on. Some of you are in school. you got to do homework. Some of you are very, very tired. You could always use a couple extra hours of sleep. But whatever your thought process was, tonight you made a commitment just to sit under the teaching of the Word and worship the Lord. You will be rewarded for that, friend. God will use that in your life. I challenge you, and I know it's kind of a weird deal, but spend an hour in the Word of God and spend an hour watching a worthless television show and you tell me which was more valuable to you. And you just check it out for yourself. Now, don't use me as an excuse since Ed said I could just watch a worthless television show. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Try it. Examine your life. Hours and hours in our lives are spent not just being discipled, in the things of the Lord. And those are hours we're just not going to get back. This morning on our Wednesday, Wednesday morning leadership discipleship, which, by the way, is open to any one of you that wants to come, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. every Wednesday morning. This morning we watched a Bible study by Pastor Skip Heitzig from the recent pastor's conference in Tucson. And one of the reasons why I wanted to share that wasn't just the content, but it was... A, something, a habit that I've developed in my life, and that is I love to listen to Bible studies every day, all day, as much as I can. When I'm driving around town, when I am walking or sometimes jogging, I don't jog all that much. But when I'm out and about, I like to have my headphones on, I like to have something plugged into my car, or I'm being saturated with the Word of God. Not just studying for the sake of Bible study. That's always a danger for a pastor just to, well, I already did my study. I spent hours and hours studying a passage. Well, that's great, but what about your own personal walk? How's that going? You know, what's the Lord showing you for your own personal walk? It's one thing to study through 1 Corinthians 8 for Calvary Aurora, but hey, Ed, what about your own walk with the Lord? I go, wow, I'm, hopefully I'm taking good care of that. And one of the things that I'm doing is listening. So I was listening to this Bible study by Pastor Skip, and the Lord just spoke to me. You've got to share that with the group. You've got to open that up, not only to share the content, but also to remind those that it's important for you to cultivate your spiritual life and to pour into the Word of God with godly teachers. Discipleship. You can grow as fast as you want to grow. And part of the slowness, and some of you might look at your life right now and go, I'm not growing all that fast. Well, then start to examine your life and show me or sh let the Holy Spirit show you what's been hindering you in drawing near to the Lord. You know why? Because the Bible says, and God promises, if you draw near to him, you know what he'll do? He'll draw near to you. The Bible says that if you'll humble yourself behind, under the mighty hand of God, you know what the Bible promises? He'll lift you up. You know how you get caught up in the muck and the mire of a situation? You take the weight of it. Well, the way to be lifted up is to humble yourself before the Lord. He'll lift you up. He'll rescue you. So here Paul is open and available answering questions. They were wondering about singleness and marriage. They were wondering about divorce and all the... Because sexual sin so invaded the church of so much a part of the Corinthian culture, they were wondering about what is this and what's right, what's wrong? And then these chapters from chapter 8 through 10, 
Paul's going to begin to address those gray areas of your life. The areas where you're not going to be able to open the Bible and say, thus says the Lord. Instead, you're going to have to piece together the principles that God has set forth in other places. For instance, it would be very easy. A black and white issue is, should I steal this candy bar? The Bible says, thou shalt not steal. That Anthony, you know, that just settles it for you. You'd, there's no gray area in that. Or, it, should I lie? You know, I feel like, you know, I'm getting busted at work and the only way out is to lie. Well, the Bible's crystal clear. Thou shalt not lie. And on, on many different occasions, the Bible says not to lie. Those are black and white issues. that aren't gray areas. But there is much of life that is in the gray area. And Paul's going to begin to help us see how to live in those areas. Verse 1, chapter 8 now. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. If anyone thinks he knows anything, He knows nothing yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. Just a little reminder about the difference between knowledge and love. It seems that the more knowledge someone gets, the more that they become a know-it-all. Have you ever met a know-it-all? You ever been accused of being a know-it-all? That's not fun. It all comes from knowledge and knowing something or knowing more than the other person knows. And... Paul wants us to see the difference between love and knowledge because knowledge will puff you up with pride. The more knowledge you gain, the more love you need to balance it with. If you major on knowledge, and that is your goal in life, to know, to know, to know, then there's always a danger for you to become built, puffed up in pride because you'll know more than other people. But if you and I choose to major in love, then there's going to be edification coming from our lives, building one another up. In the end of verse 1, that word edify, you can circle it, and right next to it, it means to build up. The opposite of tearing down, building someone up in the things of God, strengthening them in their faith, edifies. You may have knowledge, but it must be balanced by love. If there isn't that balance, listen, if there isn't that balance between love and knowledge in your life, you're going to find it very, very hard to be in fellowship with other believers. It's going to be hard because you're coming off as a know-it-all and you're coming down heavy on someone. You're going to find fellowship very hard. First of all, you're going to find fellowship very hard with God. When you come to God as a know-it-all, I mean, can you imagine the laughter in heaven? You just got it all figured out. Knowing it all as, it, as you relate to God builds in you a thought that you don't really need God after all. You got it all figured out. You don't really need his counsel. You don't really need his help. You don't, people that have a, a know-it-all attitude toward God, they don't wait on the Lord for very much. There's not a lot of waiting in their life. And it's not just an impatient thing. It's, uh, I got it all figured out. got it all figured out. I got it all figured out until they find out they don't really know anything yet as they ought to know. It's important for those of you that open the Bible to counsel one another. The answer for life's issues isn't the same thing for every person. So in a ministry where you might have a calling to minister to marriages and you're ministering to marriage problems all the time. You can't automatically think that when somebody comes into the office and starts to describe their marriage, in your mind you can't think, I already know the answer to this. Because you really know nothing yet as you ought to know. 
The Holy Spirit needs to show you insight on not just the answer, but how's it going to look in their life and their marriage and their background? How's it going to be applied? Do you even have the whole story? Do you have the full story? You you, you can't just, well, I know that the answer to this marriage problem is on page 35 of my marriage ministry manual. And so here's my, let me go give you a photocopy and and you just kind of run through those types of things. You and I really don't know what we yet need to know until the Lord shows us. And the ingredients are going to be the same because biblical counsel is always the Bible. But how to use that in someone's life. I remember very early on this lesson was taught to me. I served on the prayer team uh, back at the Calvary where I was saved. And we were ministering after a service. And a couple came up and they started to share what they were going, what's going through their life. They started to share all the issues. And, and I was just so confident I had the answer. I opened up the Bible. I started to share. And they just gave me this look like, huh? Like What? And, I was, and this is all happening in milliseconds, so I'm like trying to figure out, what, what did I do wrong, Lord, in my head? Like, they're not getting it. This seems so easy. And so in my mind, I'm like, a little, like Nehemiah a little bit. Hey, Lord, what's going on? I need some help right now. You know, just all in a split second. And the Lord impressed upon me to notice their ring fingers. They came to me with a marriage issue, but they had no rings on their fingers. And so the Lord gave me a little bit of insight to ask them, hey, are you married? Their answer, no. They're just shacking up, living together. And then the Lord said, that's the issue, young man. You can't minister to a couple that's living together, pretending to be marriage with marriage counseling. They're not married. They're living in sin, and they need to repent. And then maybe some of their issues will go away. And that all happened in a real quick moment. It started out with me thinking I had it all. And then as the Holy Spirit just led me my eyes in one way, and I look and I go, boom, that's the issue. You just want to be open. Let the Spirit lead you. Hey, thanks for listening to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. And Pastor Ed, in today's study, you touched on an area many of our listeners wrestle with, and that is navigating through the so-called gray areas that Scripture doesn't specifically address. Now, tomorrow, you'll go on to explain how we need to be concerned with not stumbling others with our freedoms. Can you give us a preview? Yeah, Larry, thanks for asking. You know, I'm really enjoying this series on 1 Corinthians and being encouraged as a pastor, as a fellow believer, to know that, you know, churches are messy and filled with uh, men and women that are growing in grace. And this area of, you know, the so-called gray areas is so important because many times we forget to factor in other people. And in our culture, we've been taught that our individual freedoms and our individual liberties are the absolute most important but according to Jesus, it's our, our liberties are important as, as they relate to other people and how careful we want to be not to stumble others, especially when we know the activity would do such a thing. And so I'm looking forward to being able to walk through the scriptures about being careful to not stumble others. Stay tuned, and I know the Lord is going to use our study in 1 Corinthians to continue to strengthen us and build us up in Jesus. He sure will. We have that to look forward to on Abounding Grace tomorrow with Pastor Ed Taylor. What you heard today is part of our series in 1 Corinthians. Are you interested in hearing it again? Just go online to calvaryco.church. 
Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through our apps. Search for Calvary Church Aurora, and you can download both our church app and the Grace FM Colorado app. Each month, Pastor Ed recommends a book that he believes will be of some help to your walk in Christ. And here in the month of May, he's picked out The Holy Land Key by Ray Bentley. The Holy Land Key is a real eye-opener to little-known aspects of prophecy. You'll learn how God's master plan is revealed in the seven feasts of the Lord and the significant prophetic patterns discovered in the lunar cycle, as well as receive glimpses of God's future kingdom as revealed in the stories of well-known figures in the Bible. We'll send this your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryco.church. That's 877-30-GRACE. Those that prefer to write, here's our mailing address, Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. Glad you've taken time out for our study in the Word in 1 Corinthians. Join Pastor Ed Taylor all week long as we continue to learn how to live by God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church Colorado here in Aurora. 